he doesn't have time to even really hear it because it hits him right in the face. Oh my god! A gunshot hits him right in the face. What the hell? Like, so is he dead? week we are bringing you guys a new segment called surprise shots where one of the three of us will go over to the bar pick a liquor of our choice and pour it for the group the rules are there are no rules <laughs> we just take the shots Wait, did we already take it no no no, no. how drunk not... are you okay so let's do this cheers guys john start us off cheers. thank you for your oh. selection of the surprise shot it is Looks to be a golden colored liquor. Mm-hmm. Delicious. That was pretty you good. Didn't even I take told a you. So normally I don't like colored. This sounds bad. Normally I don't like colored boozes. Right. Um, because I don't know. It just makes me feel like shit. And the taste is disgusting. But that was really good, whatever that was. Based on my liquor knowledge i would have to guess that is my jack daniels tennessee honey from the liquor cabinet john you're the one that selected the shot yes that is correct <laughs> Go, Jen! i would not have been able to guess that but that was good i like i would much prefer to take shots of that versus the vodka that we've been drinking yeah, me too. I like, told you whoa. that this was good. You yeah, told, like, really I good. remember yeah. I told you, and you were like, mm, I don't know if that sounds good, and I was like, it's delicious. Is it the same that alcohol content as a regular Jack? Yes, it is the same. That is really good. I'm a fan. It goes. You down. have converted me into being a whiskey drinker. Another reason to just put this on the record that Jen Collins was right about something. That's right. Touche. I'll admit it. Jen was right. Thank you. I was wrong. So... John, the whiskey was not an accompaniment per se to the wine and the Italian yeah. theme. The whiskey has nothing to do with it. I just really want a whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so tonight's, I told them it was an Italian-based episode. Like meatballs, Italian pizza, mm. like what are we doing? Mobsters? Mom, mom, mom. Maybe. <gasps> Ooh! Uh, <laughs> They're not. It's got some good fellas. Tony Soprano. No, definitely not as cool. This is more of a tragic, makes you feel awful type of episode. So. Oh, thanks for the uplifting mood. Let's take some more shots to really dwell on ourselves. Hey, it's called Talk Murder, and I'm going to talk about some murder. All right, so we're we're heading up north. Yeah, we're heading up north. There's an Italian theme. Yes. And. January second, nineteen fifty. Ooh, I love the 50s. You were close the other day. Yeah. She tried to guess, and she said... Mm, I said 1954. Yeah. Were you guys around that that time? Uh, no. no, but maybe in a past life. What was going on around that time? Do you guys know? It's poodle skirts. Ooh, poodle skirts? Poodle skirts. No, that was a little that? bit later than that. What is that? Like those... The skirts with the poodles and the records, you know. What do you mean like poodles? Like dogs? Yeah. You never heard a, of a poodle skirt? No, a poodle skirt. Oh my god! I think that was a little bit later in the fifties, but but still fifties. Lots of baby boomers. Fifties yeah, was Mad is, Men, right? The, or yeah, is, really, yeah. the early start of Mad Men. Yeah, like, yeah. Before, you know, before it got crazy. January second, nineteen fifty. There was an audience of over three hundred people that was in the Delaware County Courthouse, along with twelve jurors. The three hundred people in this courtroom, and the jurors, and everyone else, when they heard this story. 
that the prosecutor told, they shrieked out in horror and gas. <gasps> exactly. Can Mama. you do your... That's, that's it? <laughs> oh, we're... I, yeah, I that was... I don't have a southern accent. Yeah, that was, it's Delaware. No southern accents. Oh, my. Okay. That was so I'm going to tell you the story that was told to them by the district attorney, assistant district attorney, R. Paul Lessie. Are you quoting? I, I Okay, I, that's a good point. A lot of this, I unlike all my other stories, I pulled 90% of this from one source because... This what I'm gonna the story I'm gonna tell you, you won't find it anywhere else. You can find it in newspaper headlines and stuff like that, but it's literally erased from history. And I think it's a very important milestone in history. That's why I'm talking about it. Okay. Okay, so here's what they told him. November twentieth, nineteen forty nine. Okay. Okay. Put yourself back. In Delaware is a small suburban community. It was called the the town. The small town was called Marple. It's like marble, but with a P. Marple. Uh-huh, right. Marple Township. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it was, it's at the bottom of Pennsylvania, bordering New Jersey and Delaware. Delaware's to the south. So it's right there at the bottom. Okay. Right. So a lot of the story takes place in the courthouse in Delaware. Okay. Okay. The prosecutor, R. Paul Lessie, the dis- assistant district attorney, tells a story of this one night in 1949. Gotcha. Okay. So it was November 20th. It was in the winter, and it was late at night. We're talking 11 o'clock, almost getting towards midnight. And one Benjamin De Amore, that's the last time I'm going to say it like that. De Amore. Everyone say it, please. De Amore. That's how you say it. I looked it up. De Amore. But I'm I'm not going to say it like that anymore. Okay. So Benjamin De Amor pulls his shiny new, he's a 53-year-old man, pulls his shiny new car into his suburban driveway. You know what I want to get? In Delaware, ma- right? In, De- in the suburbs of Delaware, yeah. What'd you say, Jen? I was just going to say, I'm not going to say it. Say it. Well, when I get married, I want to get like a 1950s car. I don't need any new fancy Hummer limousines or anything like that. I want to like drive off just in a nice little 50s Chevy. I think it'll be really cute. Instead of so you're going from like Hummer and limousine yeah. to a fifty Chevy. Well, I yeah, feel like I mean there's some things in between there. Well, I don't know. Like, I'm. I mean, first I need to find a man to marry. So I, I like, but you know, everyone plans their wedding out, right? Like, yeah, this is normal. Yeah. But totally I don't normal. picture a 1950 Chevy. Well, I, I do. I think it was a I have a whole bit planned out. Okay, can I tell you how this guy... Yes, okay, get all right. on with it. So 11 o'clock at night, it's cold as, as all hell, right? And this guy pulls up, 53-year-old Benjamin De Amor, pulls into his driveway with his shiny new car. And back then, there wasn't... Well, there may have been, but he didn't have one of the automatic garage openers, the ones that you press the button. Yeah. I really doubt that was a thing back then. Yeah. Well, so, yeah, I mean, like, I don't even have one now, so... Yeah, we have one. Oh, you have one. You use it? No, I don't. The buttons. The button. I'm you talking about the. the he had to the do the the chain. Oh, like, you have to like pull yeah. it yourself. Yeah, he did the pulling oh, thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So this he he true. had the pulling one. Okay, so he gets out of his car. It's eleven o'clock at night. He's been gone for about five hours. He's got a his wife upstairs waiting for him to get home, and he's ready to settle in to get into bed. Right. Mm-hmm. He gets out of his shiny new car. 
What color is this car? I think it's red. It seems he seems kind of like a red type. Like of a car. cherry red or like a merlot red. I was thinking like not too like cherry, but like merlot probably. Oh, yeah. well, I like that color. Yeah. Why was he getting home so late? That's a good question, and I'm going to answer it. But not right now, because but not right now. Yeah, so. <laughs> Did I just figure something out that's significant? Um, no. Okay, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead. Go on. He gets in the garage. No, he doesn't get in the garage yet. He gets out of his car. Okay. His headlights are still on. It's pitch black, right, besides his headlights. Okay. And he goes up to the garage door, and with his headlights shining on him, there's a silhouette of him on the door. Which reminds me, you know, I need to get my headlights restored because they're, like, in really crappy position right now. You can take care of that, Jen. Yeah. I did just get my car washed, but... Yeah, well, your your life is probably better than this guy's. Anyway, about as soon as he started trying to open his garage, he hears a shot, boom, real loud. It's like from a gunshot. A gunshot from a deer rifle. Here, do that again. Yeah, like a bubble popping. <laughs> <laughs> That's the closest sound effect that we can get. <laughs> he hears a large, uh, a loud, boom. Well, I don't know. Rifles don't do that, but hey, there you go. Oh, oh that Jesus. was loud. I'm sorry. I have really good clapping skills. Yeah, you do. Oh, Here's a loud, in my ear. a loud pow, pow, right? No side effects necessary. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm just and then immediately, one. what would you do? I mean, he he turns around because he doesn't know right. what's going on. I would either start possibly crying. Possibly yeah. pee my pants. Or jump yeah. to the ground. So this is... Yeah, that's true. So... This is right next to him, about six feet away. The, oh my the God. shot is loud. Oh, yeah. It's really loud. So yeah, he turns so like around. I would definitely pee a little bit. Or yeah. go deaf. I mean, like, I probably wouldn't be able to hear him after that. So he turns around real quick. <gasps> but before he could have, before he had a chance to see what was going on or who was there, boom, another shot. Can you do a sound effect first? No, do it with your mouth. Blah. Blah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bubble gun, just so you guys know. <laughs> it's a bubble gun. Can I just interject, John, yes. real quick? Your glasses are wicked 1950s right now. Yeah, I look like Dr. Strand. You look like Atticus Finch. So here, here's the second shot, but he doesn't have time to even really hear it because it hits him right in the face. Oh, my God. Yeah, it hits him right in the face. <laughs> And he's not what dead. What hits him right in the face? That's the like shot. A, the that's deer like a rifle. A gunshot hits him right in the face. So, so, like, so is he dead? dead? Is a deer rifle not the same as a regular bullet? Like, is that like it's a like BB a, gun upgraded? Like a paintball gun? No, no, no. It's a rifle. It's a. So it's a real. Yeah, it's a, a real gun. That, that sounds like some him. JFK shit. Like yeah, it's, it's a real gun. Based. So, okay. he, so it's a it's a gun that could kill a It's person. a real gun. Okay. But he doesn't die. Boom. It's real loud. Boom. And he it hits him right in the face. He doesn't die, though? Well, probably his left side or his right side. I mean, I'm pretty sure I would probably die if I got He may have died. Face. No one knows. Okay. But, Wait, but okay. don't we know? Isn't that the point of the story? We, no, we actually, they don't know. Okay. Oh, okay. Wait, what? Just listen. Would you okay, listen to the story? Okay, okay. 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 Just tell the goddamn story. Okay. He turns around. Boom. He gets shot, right? Yeah. Not even a millisecond later... If he's alive, he hears some yelling, and then all of a sudden, boom, lights out because a shotgun blast goes off, and it's loud, and that's the end of his life. His entire face is blown off. How's that for meat and potatoes? Okay. You guys are complaining so, last so Well, he, I don't know. You cut so my meat died. and potatoes episode he out of last He dies. Episode. 
He gets blasted in the face. So we're not sure if he dies from the shot in the face or the second shot. Exactly. Keep that in mind. He gets shot in the face. He's dead. Blood splatters all over the garage door. No, 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 no. Yes, this happened. No, no, I'm confused. Okay, go ahead. You said that he got shot in the face and we're not sure if he died, but then he got shot in the face again and then he died? He got shot in the face twice. One with a rifle, a deer rifle, and one with a shotgun. Oh. That is all we know. Okay. That is all we know. All right. Blood splatters all over the garage door. And then his lifeless body falls on his brand new car, his Merlot-colored Cadillac or whatever, and then slides and impacts the pavement. And he's done for. That's his life. So who would do that? Who would do that to a 53-year-old? Well, it sounds like since there were two weapons, there were two people There involved. were two people. So, you got to ask yourself, like, who would do this to a 53-year-old? A scorned woman. Italian. I was going there, yeah. Maybe. Uh A 53-year-old Italian immigrant Hmm. that is a successful state nursery owner in Delaware. He's got a Hmm. brand new car. He's got a wife. He's got... Six children. He's got three boys and three girls. Are you asking us to solve the murder right now? Or are you trying I'm to... Just, I'm just asking what the what people in that time period would Do ask. Do you want us to answer? The mob. Is that your guess? The mob? Yes. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll either say the mob or his wife was one of them. Yeah. His wife, Concetta. Concetta. Oh. Oh, Concetta. Or, yeah. Whatever. She, a few years ago, about three years ago, she had a stroke. In 20... Well, this should have been 19... Oh, Well, it's 2018, so let's just try to do your math right. 1947, let's say. Well, that's more than three years ago from today. Well, I'm talking about 1950. Okay, so she has a stroke, and you know how stroke victims lose... She must have been awfully young for, what, uh, for someone who had a stroke. No, these are 50-year-olds. He was 53. Yeah, but 50 is How old was she? Well, she was, I don't know her age, probably 56. Well, I mean, considering your, the health factors, like, you can be any age and have a stroke. Like, it depends. Like, there was a girl at work who they thought had a stroke. She was literally, like, sitting on the bench mm-hmm. and lost control of her face. And, like, you know the episode that's, like, that's, like, act fast? Fast is your face should you droop to the side? A does your da na 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 S does a second da na 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 you know that one? No. No, I don't know. I'm gonna find it on YouTube okay. for you. All right. Is that a children's But anyway, time? it's actually it was on like UPN or CW oh. whatever. It was like a it was like a jingle. Oh okay. I'll have to Alright, I'm gonna find it for you. Hmm. Alright, so the his yeah, so wife the, had a stroke. The wife had a stroke about a couple years, years ago, prior. three years ago. All right, Don't, so we're right. talking about 1947. Wait, wait, wait. I, need, I need to cut after, in. After after World War II, but before okay. 1950. Yeah. yeah. I need to cut in. Please stop trying to solve the murder, because I'm literally going to tell you who did it right, all right. now. All right, well, all right, so. all right. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, if you didn't want us to play Sherlock Holmes, then you shouldn't have invited us. I'm not us. trying to. Okay, so after the shot, Goes off. Which one? The first or the second? All three of them. Oh, there were three? All Did three of them something? goes off. The, the first one got his were, attention to turn around. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Okay, yeah. go ahead. Go ahead. So I'm on were, guard. So the first one actually missed. And then the second one shot him. And then the third one killed him. Or the second one killed him. One of those killed him. We're not quite sure. Okay, but he's dead. The son-in-law was actually in the house. John Gianti. And he's the one that called the police. He calls both Springfield police 
and the Marple Police. Marple is the town right, right, that right. they're living uh-huh. in. We did okay. go over that. Right. And it's a small town. Do you know how many Springfields there are in America? Isn't there one in every state? I'm, no, there's not. Not in every state, but that's why the Simpsons named their town Springfield, because there were so many. Like but they're in common. Illinois, Illinois. Right, Springfield. There's Springfield no, there's no, Springfield. but the Simpsons. There, I think they had their Simpsons movie premiere in Illinois, but there's a Springfield in Massachusetts, Springfield in Delaware, Springfield in I'm pretty sure Oregon, but don't quote me on that because, like I said, I've already drank about Missouri. There are Springfields everywhere. So, fun fact: that's why the Simpsons are named Springfield. Hmm. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Like I said, I think that's right. uh, okay, so. Four patrolmen come out. They, they were dispatched to the home immediately. They arrived, and immediately they were greeted by two of Benjamin's sons. And they looked at the patrol people and said, the tr- patrolmen, the cops, and they said, we shot our father. <gasps> Whoa. What? The kids? The kids. The two kids. Now, he had three sons. One was in the Army at the time. Okay. The two kids, the cops came. You know, hey, how you doing? Oh, by the way, we just killed her dad. And here's the weapons. So they didn't even, like, they, try they, to hide. They just... They didn't try to hide. They admitted it. Handcuffs. Back of the cop car. That just boom, seems... Locked that, up. No. Okay. That, no. Nope. I'm not falling for that. Go ahead. No. That's interesting. It is interesting. So, enter the Commonwealth versus De Amore case. Do they have to prosecute them both at the same time, or they have to prosecute? They prosecuted them. That's a great question. Um, during the first day, they decided to prosecute them together huh. because what would happen if one of them was found guilty and the other is innocent? You know what I'm saying? It wouldn't really because they right. were both involved in the murder, so they decided to prosecute them at the same time. The jury mm-hmm. for the enter the uh, for the Commonwealth versus De More case is going to be the lovely Nicole and Jen. And you guys are not going to work together. Okay. But you are the jury. He has handouts for us. But you guys cannot. Do we have the same paperwork or different? It's, it's the same. No, it's the same. Oh, okay. But I can't read this oh, because I, my room is spinning right now. But okay. I'm going to try really hard to read it. Well, let Nicole read it. Do I need a pen? No. We have a pen here. Can I have it? Thank you. Nicole, can you read that? There is no dispute that these boys killed their father. The real question is what was their mental state at the time of the killing? If you conclude that the defendants were insane, your verdict will not will be not guilty by reason of insanity. On the other hand, if you find that they were capable of knowing right from wrong and there was premeditation and there is no reasonable doubt, you will find them guilty of murder in the first degree. So then there's check marks in, in a little box. It says guilty, char- charge of murder of first degree, um, with a line underneath that says, what should the punishment be? And then it says, not guilty, charge of first degree murder. Um, and then underneath that it says, the law does not justify killing because of rage, and an individual can't take the law in his own hands. If the law permitted it, civilization would revert to barbarism. Judge William R. Toll. So Judge William R. Toll is the actual guy that was a judge. Okay, you don't have to answer the questions now. Just listen to... I'm listening. I'm going to tell you all the testimony, and I want you guys independently to come up with what you think should happen to these two brothers. Okay. I like this twist. Yeah. 
I like this twist almost as much as the surprise shot segment that we introduced this week. <laughs> okay, so before he was murdered by his two sons, and it's for a fact, as the paper says, Wait. that they murdered him, that there's no question about that. I thought you said that he had three sons. He has three, but one of them is in the army. After you just the, said four. He's got no, 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 six no. children, three sons, one's in the army, three daughters. The one in the army comes back after once the murder happens he w- he wasn't involved at all he comes back after the murder but he has nothing to do with the story and then with the son-in-laws who called the cops so one of the sister yeah one of his daughter's, daughters husbands. his husbands yes john oh. guillante okay. Okay. okay gotcha okay okay so i'm gonna read some testimony um here so before he was murdered by his two sons benjamin de amore was the owner of the state nursery he was very successful but he was also extremely bitter and an extremely violent man who constantly beat his wife, Concietta, and his kids. Ooh. Oh, jeez. Nicholas, all right, so the two sons, keep this in mind, Nicholas de Amore and Johnny de Amore are the two sons that killed him. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nicholas is older, 26. That's how old I am. And Johnny is like 21. Wait, mm-hmm. you just said older. Like, oh, older than Older Johnny. than his brother, yeah. Uh, I was okay. going to say, I mean, I'm not that old. All right, Nicholas, and I'm not doing this in the order. There was It was a five-day case. I'm not going to really go in the order, but I'm going to give you all the facts that were presented in the case, and okay. then you guys can make your own judgments. All right, all right, thank you. Thank you, John. Okay, Nicholas was the first brother to give his testimony. The younger one. Yeah, no, the older one, the Nicholas older one. 26. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm, and I'm, I'm going gonna, gonna to read a lot of his exact quotes in this, so it gives you more. So his testimony says... My first day of school, I got afraid for some reason and ran home. When my father asked my mother why I wasn't in school and she told him, he grabbed her and started beating her. He bumped her head against the wall, and when she fell, he kicked her. When I got a poor report card, he beat me up and my mom both and told her that it was her fault. Okay. What an asshole. Like, what was the severity of these beatings? I'm going to get into that. This guy... Benjamin, the guy that was that, that died, Damn the boy. one that they shot, was an awful, awful man. Okay, Nicholas said in his statement that by the time he was five or six years old, he got the idea that eventually he would have to kill his dad. Oh. Six years old. So if you can think oh, about that. That's awful. So he the, said at six years old yes, that he would wanted it, to kill his father. Yeah, because he, okay. Probably he felt like he had to in order to be safe. Yeah, because the, the the household was extremely violent, extremely bitter. Okay. John, his brother, collaborated the same story, and he said he came to the same independent thought when he was eight years old after seeing all the mistreatment of the sons, the daughters, and his wife. Hmm. Benjamin de Amore wasn't just physically and mentally abusive either. He would he would chain these children in the basement. What? Now, where do these kids fall in the... Um... Like, so is okay, Nicholas the oldest of six, or is he the oldest son? Well, all right, so don't worry about any of the other children. Only worry about those two, okay, John and I'm Nicholas. Okay, I'm sorry. That's, You're fine. That, that's Adlerian theory. The, the, She's the, thinking order of children and how they're... According to Adlerian theory, birth order, although, although kids share similar life experiences, um, their birth order plays a lot 
into how their personality forms. So the oldest kid will have a certainly different experience than the youngest kid. Mm. Um, obviously, but it's interesting if it's the oldest and the youngest and they have the same experience. Right. That's right? why I'm trying right. to figure out where these kids are in the birth. I, I would like to say Nicholas was the oldest. Okay, so even though the boys went to school, they would have to wake up early, like at dawn, and work in the 30-acre field all day before school. Before 30 they even, acres? Yeah, it was 30 acres. Not a lot, but they had to work all day. I mean, day. 30 acres is a lot. Like, we don't even have a half acre at home, and that's, like, not a bad-sized yard. Yeah. Like, we, I mean, it's not, like, a huge yard, but it's enough where we can, like, run around. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, 30 acres, is it's, that's a lot. Yeah, so they would work before school. They would go to school and then come home and work well into the night. Mm. Okay, so like if that, farming and stuff. Yeah, farming stuff like that into the field. Mm. Okay, um, John testifies the youngest. I would be so sleepy in school, I would doze off over my lessons, and then the teacher would send a note home, and he would beat me mm. and mom for, for that too. When I was fourteen, he put me in the cellar for nearly two weeks to punish me for something, and he told me, "You deserve to sleep with the rats." What? Yikes. Okay. Is that, is that, am I point, painting the picture of this guy? Yeah, yeah. he sounds like, an, like a dirt Okay, bag. okay. Yeah. All right, let's I, move I on. I no longer have any remorse for Mr. Ben. Yeah, oh, just, I mean, oh, when you first told on. me that someone got shot in the face, I was like, that sucks. But now I'm like, wow, like, what a douchebag. Well, just, sounds like he deserves just it. hold on, because. All right, all right. I don't want to oh, finish the story. God. Okay, so Nicholas also corroborated the same story. He said he would also chain me to, to a post in the cellar overnight without any food. When he called my mom bringing down food to me, he would beat her. What? Like, so, like, these are your children. They're not slaves. You know what I mean? Like, like you as a parent. Like, animals. Like, okay. as a parent, it is your sole responsibility to, to, like, to provide yeah. for your children and to make sure that they, like, are able to, you know, well, provide for yeah. themselves in life. Like, like, I just don't understand, like, that, that's, that's just, some I'm literally are, disgusted. Like, that, some, that's. Some people dis- are just fucked up, you know? Yeah, that's, that's more beyond fucked up. Yeah. That's, like, that's, like, legitimately evil. Like you can't yeah. chin up a child. Agreed. Agreed. That, that's a child. Agreed. But I, the reason I brought this case to you guys is because if we look at the law, all right, just let me get into it. All right, okay. I'm sorry. Let I'll me get. Let me. Up. Let me try to get into go it. Ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. So, um, the lawyer, the defense attorney for John and the two brothers. Yeah. He his plan was approved over a prolonged period of time since they were young children to now when he's 26 that that built up aggression and violence finally made them snap the actual story is this um testified by john gianti the one the son-in-law that was in there that called the police okay this is the true story also corroborated by the brothers Mm -hmm. okay it's around 5 30 p.m that the day or the night you know the Uh, same day the day of Okay, so, yeah, around 5.30 p.m., there was an altercation. And this is coming from the testimony of Concietta, his wife. It says, my husband called from his upstairs bedroom. Where are my socks? I told him they were in the bureau drawer, but the socks in the drawer weren't the ones he wanted. I went upstairs to get the socks he wanted and washed them, but he started to hit me. He punched me in the head and in the face in the back, any place. He pulled my hair and kicked me and hurt my leg. He took off his strap, his belt, and whipped me. The beating lasted about a half an hour. So keep in mind, 
this the, the wife is half paralyzed. What? Because she had a stroke, remember? She oh, had a stroke. Right. I so, thought you were sa- I'm sorry. Like this is the wine and whiskey talking, but I thought you were saying that he beat her to the point of paralysis. No. So she's already no, half but he he's yeah. beating a woman who is par- half who paralyzed. Who the fuck would do that? Exactly. Yeah. So okay. At that that was about at 5:30. He gets in his new shiny car and he leaves. Mm-hmm. So he's gone by 6. That time John and his brother Nicholas the murderers pull up to the family house to borrow an electric fan. And that's when John Gianti, this son-in-law, says, uh, he says, Dad beat up Mom again. It was over a pair of socks. That old man wanted to wear a certain pair that he hadn't been washed since yesterday. He gave her quite a going over. Now keep this in mind, because the prosecutors, when John and um, his brother got there, it was at 6 o'clock. The murder didn't happen until about eleven thirty. Wow. They were waiting okay. for him. They were waiting for him. So this is what this is where I'm trying to go with this. Okay. Okay. I there is something. Yeah. So this. premeditated murder is a thing. Yeah. Right. So if you kill in the moment, if someone is hitting it's you, self defense. Yeah, it's different than self defense. Totally different. Exactly. So what I'm trying to find out, and what everyone else was trying to find out. Was this premeditated or were they in a sense a state of delusion and they it was like a prolonged delusion where they killed their father? Does that make sense? Was it premeditated or not? And if if they if it wasn't premeditated, they were in a state of insanity and killed him. That's what the defense attorney was trying to prove. Okay, so was this crime premeditated? That's the question. Yeah. That they're trying to ask, right? Or trying yeah. to answer. During the, during the, during the trial. Yes. Trial. Yeah. So the, the police, once they give their testimony, mm-hmm. I also want to say that at the advice of the defense attorney, his name was Bloomberg, not okay. like the... Michael Bloomberg? No, not Michael Bloomberg. It's like Albert Bloomberg. But his advice was to tell the boys, and this is what they did, to plead not guilty. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they pled not guilty. Because they're pleading no. insanity. Okay, this so... This is 1950. 50, yeah. So Nicholas says, We've, we decided to kill the old man, that tonight was the night. I sent John to my house to get the rifle. I knew my father had a shotgun in the house, but I wanted two guns. I didn't want him to get away. Oh, that statement alone is just killing me did right you see, now. Did you see what I said? Yes, yeah, I he totally, he planned the whole thing. Okay, so not only was there a five and a half hour window, the older brother Nicholas sends John to his house, which was 25 go... minutes away yeah. and 25 John minutes back. John is the back. brother-in-law, correct? No, John, oh, it... no. John, John Gianti is. I'm going to call the, the murder brother Johnny from now on. Okay, okay so you. Nicholas and Johnny. So Nicholas... Okay, even they were there for five and a half hours before the murder happened. And during that time, he sent his brother Johnny to his house to get the other gun, the actual deer rifle. So he actually traveled to the house 25 minutes and then came back. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm doing here? Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's a total of 50 minutes, okay. like almost an hour. The plan was this, and this is testimony from the boys. I was going to shoot first, says Nicholas. And if I didn't kill him with the first bullet, John was going to fire the shotgun. 
So they had the plan. Okay. Which Very plays, methodical. Which also plays into the fact, did he die from the first shot of the second shot? Exactly. And I was about to go there right now. The forensic reports, because when, all right, not to get too graphic, but I mean, this is a murder show. If you get shot in the head with a shotgun, there's no forensics. Your head isn't there anymore. Okay. The fam, none of the family members, including John Gianti, the stepson, or the brothers could identify the, the dad, body? the body, because it had no head. Oh, my God. You, he got well, shot yeah, in the head with hit. a shotgun. Yeah, He's dead. The forensic uh, criminologist, the one that does a crime scene, and uh-huh. then he could not, for a fact, identify which bullet killed that old man. And this is before, like, DNA, too, right? right? So, like, like literally there's just a neck and a body. There's no head yeah. left. So right. they can't even really determine anything from that. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, you can only know it's him for sure by saying, like, oh, yeah, I saw him. Yeah. Or he had an identifiable mark on his body that I knew for exactly. sure that this was. So let's yeah. go over the facts. They admitted it. They killed him. Right. Yeah. Okay. The the fact is, maybe it was premeditated. It took him five and a half hours of being at the house, knowing that he beat the mom up. Strategizing. Strategizing, sending his brother to get the other gun. Right. Saying with, who's going to shoot first. Planning who's going to shoot first. And they told all this to the police. So. To the police before the trial or at the trial? I mean, the... Like, prior, it sounds like this is during a confession. Because they already admitted yeah. it. These guys right, wanted I'm to... Sorry, I'm these, sorry. Yeah. Okay. But they're Go presenting on. the whole thing at the, at, as part of the case. Right, right, right. Yeah. So this, sorry. Is a, this is all their statement. Sorry, this is the wine and whiskey. I grabbed the rifle and ran out, he said. My father was walking in front of his car toward the garage. I started shaking with nerves, and I fired the shot. I didn't see him anymore, and I ran back in the house. So the report is they shot... So John shot, or Nicholas shot first, the older brother, with the rifle. He missed. Remember the first shot he missed? Right, right, He missed the dead. Okay. He reloaded the rifle to shoot again before his dad sees that, you know, and and runs at him, right? Okay. As soon as he shoots the rifle, John also, almost at the same time, shoots the shotgun. Oh. So they both shoot their father. Mm -hmm. Okay. So now I want to bring up an expert witness, okay? The expert witness, the you know, the, the crime psychologist, he pulls up this theory, and Jen, I'm going to need your help with this, that was developed in 1912. And Jen just spilled water all over herself. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, oh, man. All right, well, what's the theory? Okay, so, and the defense attorney for the boys, Bloomberg, he was a spot, he was, I would love to have this guy as my attorney, right? Not Michael, Alfred. He brought this guy in, and he claimed that it wasn't premeditated. These boys are suffering, or did suffer from a uh, catathemia, sometimes known as an episodic amnesia, or a catathymic amnesia. So catathemia is the word that he was throwing out there. Right, but catathemia, there's like four different stages to it. I mean, that term was, that, that term was coined in the early 1900s, right? Yeah, so 1912, um, Hans W. Mayer coins this term. Okay, this was the, 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 and I'm not 
this is not my specialty. I'm going to try to explain it to you guys as much as possible, right? So basically, the unconscious mind, it was dealing with a, kind of like Freudian theory, right? Mm-hmm. So he was saying a prolonged exposure to violence, to abuse, mental, physical, whatever, a prolonged exposure to that for a long time builds these unconscious motivators in the brain. One of these motivators is fear. So here's what I'm trying to go with that. Mm-hmm. If the son, if the two son, the two boys were in this catathemia state, this episodic amnesia, their motivation was fear because they saw the mama beat up, bruised. They were scared, just like they've always been, that dad was going to come home and finish her off. They, their fear motivator in their unconscious mind was activated, and that, and this is very important. That fear motivator put them in a state of delusion. And mm-hmm. delusion is anything out of the ordinary. It's not real life. It's not thinking real life. That means the boys should be considered insane. They, they should not insane permanently, but had a temporary, temporary insanity. insanity. Right. Okay. That's why they call it an episodic amnesia. But episodic amnesia can happen for that long of a time? Like, well, that's a long time to be in five and a half hours of amnesia. But, and also, they have a memory of it after, which I didn't think you could have when you have amnesia. Right, but when you think of a th- catathomic, catathymic crisis... This term was also brought up by Dr. Frederick Wortham in 1937. Um, he tried to explain different types of, um, you know, different motivationless crimes. Um, and so he brought it up as five different types of stages. Um, he talks about, like, a thinking disorder. That, that, now, I'm just going to try to name off the different types of stages in this crisis. Uh, a thinking disorder, um, someone plans the violent act, um, internal emotional tension, and superficial calmness in which the need to commit the violent is, act is eliminated, uh, and normal activity can be d- conducted. And then the fifth stage is uh, the mind tries to understand the thinking process, but according to Dr. Wortham, serial killers... Or murderers, they don't reach that fifth stage. They don't understand it. They they go into this different type of cycle. They have a need to kill. And I don't know if they necessarily have a need to kill. I definitely see the like it's it's kind of self defense in a way, but they're not doing that in the act. But my other thing that's still kind of eating at me as we as you tell the story is the fact that they have been thinking about killing their father and kind of knowing in their heart of hearts that in order to make a change to their situation, their mother's situation, they have to kill their father. So right. it's something that they've been thinking about for a long time. Uh, how like is that does that play a big part into it? So right, right, right. Can yeah. I just say? Cut that last whole part that I just talked about out because I just read it off a computer screen and not really understanding it. That's fine. But, I mean, when you think about it, no, I agree with Nicole. It's, um, they're thinking about this murder, but they're thinking about all these things that they experienced throughout their life, and they find the opportunity to finally get back at their father for, for something that, that happened 
you know, throughout their life. And the straw that broke the camel's back was what just happened with their mother. Like, how do you so, how do you beat someone well, over a pair this of is why This is right. why I gave you guys those forms. I, I oh, want, do you want us to fill out the I want you to, Is there more that we... Because I, I have more questions. Yeah. What questions I don't wanna, do you have? Ask I don't want to mark an X on this form yet. Can you finish, like, Ask the whole questions. story? Okay, number one. The only charge um, that was being presented was first-degree murder. So throw out conspiracy and all that stuff. First-degree murder was the only charge... They're getting charged together. There was, was there premeditation or not? Yes. So, Can you please remind our listeners about the, uh, the uh, qualifications of a first degree murder charge? If you find them capable of knowing right from wrong and there was premeditation and then there is no reasonable doubt, you will find them guilty of murder in the first degree. Yeah, also right here, uh, first-degree murder, the definition. In most states, first-degree murder is defined as an unlawful killing. That is both willful and premeditated, meaning that it was committed after planning or lying in wait. Lying in wait, right? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, for the victim. For example, Dan comes home to find his wife in bed with Victor. Where am I reading this from? <laughs> Three days later, Dan waits behind a tree near Victor's front door. When Victor comes out of the house, Dan shoots and kills him. That's first-degree murder. He lied in wait. Is voluntary manslaughter not something that we can even consider in this case? No. And I was going to say, what's the difference? But... So the options in this case seem to be guilty or not guilty. Well, all right, so... First-degree Well, murder. or it's... No, 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 Because no, you no, know no. that they're essentially guilty. They killed their father, but it's either you're guilty for first-degree murder or it's insanity plea. Okay, so I think I wrote this on the sheet, but it says there's no dispute that the boys killed their father. The real question is what was their mental state at the time of killing? After thorough deliberation... You conclude that def- the defendants were insane. Your verdict is not guilty by reason of insanity. If if you don't, if they're not guilty, then it's by reason of insanity. On the other hand, if you find they were capable of knowing right from wrong, and there was premeditation, and there is no reasonable doubt, you will find them guilty of murder in the first degree. Okay. Those are the. Those are the. Rules Those here. Rules. So either they're guilty. So, they're guilty. Put a sentence you think they should face. If they're not, mark not. Okay. So anyone have any pizza? No. Okay. So John, you were talking a little bit about. The, I, I was pretty much all on board with this premeditated murder thing up until you started talking about this amnesia. And so I'm. I'm. I still like that theory and want to be want to be sympathetic to that but at the same time the the fact that they they remember it so clearly is there anything that that came up in the case about the fact that they remember they it do remember the the death no the the fact that the brothers killed them yeah like they they, remember yeah it. there's they plenty of testimony the the brothers gave plenty of t- don't look at her i'm not looking they they gave plenty of testimony they I grabbed the rifle and ran out. My father was walking in front of the car towards the garage. I started shaking with nerves. I fired the shot. I didn't see him him, him anymore. I ran back. I mean, they knew everything. They mm-hmm. remember everything. They, there's no there's no blackout moments. They remembered everything about that incident. Everything. Yeah, I think that's what I have. And a they hard admitted time with. it. Okay, so Nicole thinks the boy should be guilty. What would their punishment be, Nicole? Um. 
I actually, so, so this is part of why I was asking about manslaughter, because I would probably lessen the degre- degree and give them either voluntary manslaughter or um, just give them the minimum possible sentencing um, for it. Because I see that there's total, in, in a way, justification, but we're not a vigilante group, so we have to punish fairly, otherwise... You know, exactly what he said like just because it's right and wrong we can't all be going around to be dexters and, and kill people just because they're bad people right so i would give them a, a very l- low sentence but they're they're guilty in my opinion and jen you you say they should be in prison guilty okay anything you want to say to that jen well I'm pretty sure that the facts presented from this side of the statement from the prosecutor, if I were back in 1950, I would say that they were guilty because they planned it out. They knew that their father was a Mm dirtbag. But again, their father was a dirtbag. He beat his paralyzed wife over a pair of socks. Right. So would you give, try to lessen the sentence, too, and, like, give them the minimum possible for murder? I don't know if I would give them the minimum because they definitely killed a person. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not – there's no denying that their yeah. father is dead. I mean, killing a person is is pretty bad, you know? True. So, I mean, I would put them in prison for the rest of their lives. Oh. Mm-hmm. Because wow. they they took a life. I mean, you can't just take a life. You yeah. know what I mean. You're, uh, but you're you're right. I mean, you can't just say like, "Oh, I'm gonna take matters into my own hands." There are methods where they could have ha- had him put in jail himself. They didn't necessarily have to kill him. Yeah, they could have reported the crime. They're, yeah, they, now, this could is, have been in jail. They like, were. They jail. they have went to the the both the brothers did go to the police often and report the abuse about their mother. Well, that's the police's fault. Now, I'm not anti-cop. I'm yeah. pro-cop. I I believe in our justice system. I think that, you know, that they're out there doing good work. In this particular case, you can't really... How many times did they go to the cops? Like, you, like just because one case is, is not And there are so many things that they could also have done. Like, if it was really bad, they could have also put a restraining order and, and things like that if it was really to that extent. I mean, also, you have to put yourself in the shoes that this is in the 1950s. This isn't True. 2018. Yeah. Um, point. But I think that, I mean, they made a conscious decision to kill their father. And, you know... Even though he was not a good person, even though, you know, you're still taking a life away. There's nothing that, I mean, there's, when you take a life away, you take a life away. Even, even, you you can't. And, and I think that, um, I mean, I don't know. No, that's a good point. I, I, you, you can't get that back. It if kind of reminds th- me, uh, so there there was a podcast that John and I were li- recently listening to, and it was the podcast called Dirty John, which is a great yeah, podcast. If podcast. anyone is looking for one, I thought it was really well done. Please sponsor us. We have no money. <laughs> Daddy. <laughs> we would make you, you take, take a, a shot. shot. No, we would make no, you no, take a I shot. No, I didn't say the full phrase. Okay. So anyway, so in, in that story of the podcast, I 
spoiler alert if you haven't listened to it. But in that, there was someone who who shot someone. This is not like this is a substring of the the main story, but someone shot somebody. The mother, so he who, of the daughter who was shot in the head by an, a disgruntled husband, forgave him and was an advocate for him. And the yeah. man ended up only getting four years in prison. Yeah, because of that woman's advocation that like he was sorry. I forgive yeah. him. He's not a bad person. So it wasn't necessarily because the the daughter who was killed was abusing him, but she just had a lot of forgiveness in her heart. But he only had a four year sentence for killing someone. Yeah, exactly. And well, so that's if, like if that's I, like that's that's it's sick and twisted in its own right. But if I think about that, and I were to put into perspective of a sentencing for someone who is justifiable. Yes, we're not a whole bunch of vigilantes, and we're not Batman here. We're not Dexter. Um, we're not here to bring justice to other people who do us harm, but at the same time, yeah, I am going to be, feel like that's a little bit more lenient. Yeah. And maybe that's just me speaking from a perspective of someone who's, who's had really negative interactions and believe people should get what's coming to them. Yeah. But. Well, that's the reason I did this. Cause I, I wanted this, I wanted the true, the true opinions and uh, the beliefs of you guys. Now, do you want me to tell you what? Yes. Yes, please. Okay. Enlighten us. End this now before I have to go to bed. With Wait, the spins. Can, can we find out if? Yeah, because we have a couple more things, small things to go over. What did What did you think when you first read the story? Do you Do you Did you read the conclusion too fast? Yeah, I, no, I, I, I want to know what your opinion is. Uh, uh, I mean, I. I kind of knew the story before. I'm not. I didn't know it before, but the book kind of, the book I was reading. So I'm getting most of this from one source. Kind of goes right into it. All right. So, okay, you're, so, so you're too biased at the get go here. Yeah, I'm too biased. Okay. 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 That's All fair. Right. Okay. That's fair. So I'm going to tell you what the judge says to the boys. You've had a fair trial, he said. The jury said you were not guilty. Now wow. go home and oh. be good boys. They were completely acquitted. Wow. An hour later, and where an hour? No, no, no. All right, so it took about two hours of deliberation. Wow! After they had their not guilty, that's still pretty quick though. Two hours, yeah, two hours and fifteen minutes. Yeah, yeah. It was a five day trial. Two hours and fifteen minutes came back not guilty. An hour later, they were out taking pictures and everything. What? Completely free. Wow! Acquitted of every charge. Now. There's some things I didn't tell you, but that didn't sway your decision. So I don't know if you still think that, even though they said not guilty, or even if this matters, but the jury, when it was picked on the first day... Right. Voir dire. Yeah, voir dire. During the voir dire, the defense attorney... Uh, Yeah, explain So voir dire is jury selection um, process, so... Yeah, tell us how it works. uh, So I, I was not a law major in school but we had to touch on this a little bit since i was political science so uh, during the jury selection process for any sort of case there is a it's called a voir dire selection where prosecutors and defense attorneys um they select a jury so they can ask you questions that may or may not influence your decision um in the case and they have a right to reject a certain number of potential jurors for the case based on your biases so okay if i was someone who if it was if there was a rape case and i said that i was sexually assaulted at some point the prosecuting case or the defense attorney one of them may want me and one of them may not and so they have a a, each 
each side has a certain number of people they can reject. Oh. I was selected for jury duty once, and during the whole thing, we had to watch a video about the, you know, justice system. I brought a Lunchable with me, and everyone was jealous. They were like, I know. It's like the worst food you can possibly put into your body. But they're so good. I like the ones with the Snickers. No, they were like, really not, And the Capri Suns. Oh, my God, the Capri Suns. It had a Capri Sun and a Reese's. The cheese is like... It is not real. It's not real cheese. Yeah. All right, candy. don't hate on Lunchables. Anyway, so okay. I brought I mean, Lunchables. I'm not gonna lie. I wanted so, that when I was a kid too, but now that I know better. Which was your favorite Lunchable? Mine's the one with the Snickers bar and and the ham and the turkey and the cheese. All right, yeah, I'm, I like yeah. those. I like the nachos. I like the pizza. I don't like. I, the, oh yeah, no, the pizza definitely. The, the pepperoni pizza. Was pizza. Awful. No, the what? The pepperoni pizza was the best. Because right, you put the sauce it's on it. It's not real pizza. Okay. All right. Yeah, all right. We pizza. are all adults now, but put yourself in an eight-year-old well, we still shoes. eat lunchables. I just liked the the turkey and the cracker. Rich cracker Her parents were chefs. The, yeah. And so getting Lunchables were, was hard, actually. My parents thought it was All right. Hard. You're okay, biased. Tell us anyway. about All right. Finish your thing okay. about So I was not jury selected selection. for the jury, but everyone in that room was jealous of my Lunchables. Yeah. I'm sure they were. Nicole, go ahead. I already explained what Okay. So... It's just fun to say voidir. Oh, and voidir. Voidir. See, we're learning a lot of stuff today. Is that French? I do want to say one thing. Um, Or Latin. During the whole five days of the trial, Concietta de Amore. Concietta. Concietta. Concietta de Amore. Do I win a prize now because I have the best Italian accent? I think that does win. Okay, so I want to say throughout the whole trial, the five-day trial, the mother, Concietta, you know, the, the paralyzed... Yes. Half paralyzed. Oh, God Wearing bless. all black. So think of an Italian family. She, was she wearing a veil? Okay. Sat, I can imagine she's wearing a hat and a veil. Yeah. Sat, like yeah. A bird, like a, exactly. What's it called? Weeping. Weeping veil or whatever. Sat with the brothers. Okay. There was a special thing granted for the judge that they could sit with dispensation. The, the sons. Yeah. Dispensation. And at one point, just like, I, I don't know, in my picture. Not, not making fun of Italians, but um, they remind... One of the the prosecutors says something about the uh, bloody clothes, and she just breaks down and starts screaming. Oh God! Oh, no, no. Nope. And they had I to remove her. Yes, yeah, exactly right. <laughs> but anyway, I do want to point out during the what is it? Voidir. 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 No, voa. 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 Deer. 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 Voidir. Like voa. Say voa. Voa. Then think of John Deere, the tractor. That's yeah. something we John really Deere. Able to relate to. <laughs> okay. Wait. Let's get to this. During the voir dire, the jury selection, yep. the defense attorney, yep. the jury ended up being all female. <gasps> what? And two alternates that were also female. So, like, that does fuck? happen. In fact, the George Zimmerman case that went on in 2013. Oh, the guy that shot the kid, Trayvon Martin? Yeah, the 2013. Is that the same kid? Yeah. Uh-huh. All all female jurors. So it's, it is a thing. It was very it's very unusual. Wait, but how could you select all female jurors when you know that females are more emotional than men? Exactly. That's what it. That's why I want that attorney that to be my attorney. That feels like a sexist statement. It, I, I here's mean, where I'm going. As a female, I feel like it's not. I don't know. Okay. I'm going to say it's reverse. I sexist. I don't know. Because, uh, okay, you and I just had the, we were the jurors in this case, and we had the exact here's where opposite I'm going. reaction let, of all the other females. Yeah, I yeah. That's let true. me. So are we more rational than? our 50s counterparts no, i mean maybe guys let me let me paint the well, picture right why don't quick. you just go let me get my pink ladies jackets and my poodle skirt and i'll let you know you 1950s yes Sorry. 1950s guys okay 
the world, you remember uh, the Second World War? Yes. And all we the won. females had to take over all the, the jobs and stuff like that? Yeah. Yes, the, we can. Exactly. I dress up as Rosie the Riveter. Okay. No, that was a okay. Yeah, like years two years ago. ago. Yeah. No. <laughs> okay, so I didn't know who that was until I read the story. What? Yeah. But, I mean, I knew who it was. I didn't know her name. But How do you not okay. know Rosie the Riveter? I, I didn't know her name because I'm a guy. But- Okay. Okay, that's in all U.S. Also, history classes. Yes. This, I'm a man. That's, I'm telling you. No, this is John, where I'm trying to pull it very in. Insulting. John. No, I'm not trying to insult you. I'm trying to make you think. John. Just let me okay, make you Nicole think. Okay, Nicole just said my sexist statement was sexist. Give me two minutes, no. please. Okay, hang on. No. Hang on. Let, I will give me say, a chance. All give me a chance. U.S. Wait, children. Time out, time out, time out, time out. Hang on. I'm going to Just say, give me one chance. Hang, before no. you say anything, in order to bridge this gap that I feel like we need... Um, uh, talking about female heroes, I think we need to have a uh, female girl power party and serve Rose the Riveters and Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Ginsburg. The Ginsburg. reason I'm doing this story, Gin Ginsburg, is it Gin? No, I'm sorry. You know where I'm going with this? Gin, well, as in the alcohol, Gin. Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Oh, I thought you were gonna say you knew better because you were Jewish. No, oh, she's I, half Jewish or like quarter Jewish. I'm talking about female-powered themed alcoholic drinks. Yes, that's true. But we already had our surprise shot, and I drank a I'm bottle of wine about tonight. Next time, so next time we have a female killer that we're talking about, we can do. Okay, not that that's the right. Let me paint this picture for you. Tell me, give me two minutes. You tell me, give me sixty seconds. All right, time out. No, 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 no. I have a time out. No, I have a time out too. If we're talking about female power, girl power, and punny drink names, right? I think that it's only fair that we watch Spice World again. That's a good movie. I like that movie. Plus, it's got the guy from Super World or uh, Superstore. Yes. Yeah. Can I can I paint this picture, please? No, I have to pee again. Sorry. Please, just let me go. I have to pee. Do you want me to wet my pants? Her name was Rosie the Riveter. She wasn't a real person. She was an image, an image of an American woman, strong, patriotic, and quite able to do men's jobs while they were off fighting to protect freedom during World War II. Mm -hmm. She was so popular that somebody wrote a song about her, and her face was posted in factories, stores, and restaurants across the land. Rosie was the government's way of telling women that they were independent and pretty much able to do what they wanted just because they were women and they were needed okay there were there excuse me there were many more concierta de amores than there are rosie the riveters because mm-hmm. rosie the riveters are expected to fight back so wow. the question That's i'm trying point. to ask you guys That's is powerful. like there was all female jury would right. this have gone differently and was it the time period because most societies most societies are set up the man takes care of the house the woman does what she's told i'm not trying to be sexist but that's how it is in the 50s yeah for sure so does that come into the influence of the case yes i think it absolutely does and i think if if anyone were to review this case again today they probably would give a guilty verdict yeah and this is, I'm saying this because as someone, we, we all listen to like the serial podcast. And I'm right. sure so many others have listened to that. If you think about truly what you're asked as a jury to do and thinking about all the facts that are in the case, mm-hmm. you either prove someone guilty or not. So you think it was emotional? I think it was very emotionally charged because if, you know, but in the, the, the Adan Zayed case, 
yeah, he was. He may have been guilty, but yeah. it was not beyond reasonable doubt. Thing. And this is absolutely beyond reasonable doubt. And I don't think there's enough to say that there you is. You don't think that female play. jurors really connected with Concietta? Absolutely, they okay. did. No, I that's exactly say... the point. No, they right. absolutely did. And it is because that they were in a 1950 society where females were so much more repressed than they are today. Right. Um, this was their only opportunity to give voice to the Concietis, Conciettas yeah. or whatever of that time. Then pointing at Miss Concietta de Amor, this crippled mother who sat at the council table with her sons, as Bloomberg, the defense attorney, continued, were the lines on the woman's face caused by her 52 years or by her unbearable suffering? How many years of tears were needed to give her eyes that sorrowful look? Yet she still proudly has the love that her sons give her. The one unusual thing about this murder case is that no one has shed any tears over the deceased. His epitaph should read, he won't beat mom anymore. I mean, wow. who said that? The, the defense, a defense attorney? attorney. And one Damn. side note, after they were pronounced not guilty, the defense, the whole courtroom applauds, okay, in excitement. They're so happy. The defense attorney asked the judge, sir, may I please ask permission to individually kiss every one of the jurors? And the judge says, if the jurors are okay with that, it's okay with me. And he does. He kisses them all. I mean, that may be an Italian thing. I mean, I'm that's si- inappropriate. But- <laughs> it may be an Italian thing. I just wanted to throw that all out. All right. I'm I, sitting yeah, here. I can picture like the double kisses. Like the, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. All right. I'm sitting here in 2018. And I can. It's a time machine. Right. Um, I'm sitting here in 2018. And although I said that the son should have been guilty because due to the, uh, you know, Oh, so you're changing it. No, no, no. I said that they should be guilty. They said that they should, you know, I said that they should be guilty because due to the, uh, requirements of, you know, the conditions of a guilty plea and because of what first degree murder is, I said that they should be guilty. It was premeditated. Um, and and yes, they pleaded guilty. They did kill their father. I can certainly no, they pleaded not guilty. They, did, they pleaded they did not, plead guilty. not guilty, even though but that was contradiction. Yeah, because they were trying to get their right. sanity. Like I said, I, I do just... want to read w- one thing real quick. Sorry. Wait, okay, go can ahead. Can I finish? Yeah. I mean, it it was a, it was a tough decision because I can emotionally emotionally connect with Conchetta. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, the father was a dirtbag. You don't beat a woman, yeah. especially a paralyzed woman. She just has no way of defending herself. You know what I mean? Like, and, and especially over a, a prolonged time period. Yeah. Like I, I can understand why they, they found them not guilty. However, I mean, it's, it, it, it it's a tough case, but if, if they didn't kill him, he would have continued to beat her. You understand? Right. No, I do understand that. Um, let me read this one thing, and this goes back to the the female thing, because I want to see if, like, if it would be the same if it was the opposite sexes switched around. Yeah. There was this article or this ad in the uh, not an ad, it's an article in the Housekeeping Monthly, thirteenth May, nineteen fifty-five, and I'm looking at it right here. It says the Good Wife's Guide, and it's a bunch of bullet points, and it has a wife in the kitchen that says. 
Number one, have dinner ready, plan ahead, even the night before, to have a delicious meal ready on time for his return. Well, that's just bullshit. Yeah, and then it goes, prepare yourself. Take 15 minutes to rest so you'll be refreshed when he re- arrives. Um, clear away the clutter. Make one last trip in the main part of the house just before your husband arrives. Who is and the it, author of this article? It, this was Housekeeping Monthly. Yeah, this was this a big like article. What women should do yeah. to keep their men happy. Yeah, I, this was I, during I that time that, period. Like, so it's, just, it's crazy to think about that. Like, I, I mean, but that that is. Like, and, and I've the, seen that before. The very bottom I mean, line: a good that, wife always like, knows her place. That's the very last bullet. Wow. A wife always knows. A her good place. wife always knows her place in the kitchen. Hey, I'm just I'm giving you the facts. I want to, like, I was trying to I'm trying to see if this case was. They were proven not guilty just because there was female jurors, and if it had anything to do with that. I think it's coupled with the fact that it's all female jurors in the time frame. Yeah, time I mean, I would, I would definitely associate the 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 finding with with the jury and time period. Yeah. So that's the story. Um, just a r- kind of really interesting note. Um, Benjamin, the guy that was murdered, his first name was. Uh, Penifilo, so it's Penifilo, Benjamin de Amor. I don't know if I'm saying Penifilo, but um, Penifilo translate in Italian to a friend to all. And then obviously <laughs> de Amore translates to love. So his whole name translated to a loving friend to all, which he was not. Very contradictory yes. name. He did not live up to it. And the, the source that I'm getting this from comes from the granddaughter of... The the Vic, the guy that was murdered, Benjamin. Right. And this is kind of her like expose. A lot of the other family members have died off. The the last uncle, Johnny. Yeah. One of the one the killers died off in two thousand ten. So this is her trying to figure out and there's she she thinks there's a whole another case with a conspiracy for money, but you know, I I just wanted to bring the facts what the jury saw today. So that, that's what's the conspiracy? The conspiracy is the John Guillante, the guy that was in the home that the called the police. He reported it. Yeah. Well, he is also, or was also the business partner, the only business partner of ben, the guy that died. Really? Oh. Yeah, and he actually divorced his wife um, before or after the murder. Uh, before, marry someone completely different. No, no, she divorces him, marries someone completely different, and then goes back to him. So really? It, yeah, it, she kind of paints this picture that it was for money and stuff like that. I don't know if I really buy into that, but I mean, it's, you know, I, I just wanted to bring that's what the jurors hmm. saw. So that's that's all I got, pretty much. Hmm. Um, what do you guys, any last, you guys think of anything? I mean, essentially, you know, the only thing that comes to mind is, like, don't. Don't beat your disabled wife. Like, don't do that. Or no. your children and lock them up in chains in the basement. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that real quick. But um, just, like, just be a decent human being. Like, honestly, like, all you have to do is, like, treat yeah. others the way you want to be treated. Be kind to all. Yeah. Oh, know. one other yeah, one other interesting thing. Okay. Um, the judge, all the police, and everyone associated with this, and I don't know if this was just the 1950s things, but they called them boys. So are you you boys, you boys, you boys. So I wanted to ask if there was, I mean, there weren't boys. There were, one of them was 21, one of them was 26. But the constant saying, calling them boys, maybe that painted a picture that they were 
children. I, yeah, no, Exa- exactly. Children. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, it, it, yeah, it kind of paints into the picture of the patriarchy a little bit more. Yeah. Like when, especially Italian families, you have a head of a household. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you have one person, usually the father, that's, you know, it's his way or no way. Yeah. And he usually brings his sons into it. You know, this is how we do things. Yeah. Um, and they're his boys. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, so even though they're responsible for their father's death, they're still boys. They're still referring to them as the father's boys. Yeah. yeah. It's an interesting point. The fact that they're try- maybe trying to point out that they are children in yeah. this and they're, they're, yeah, they're killing their father, but ultimately they're just innocent kids trying yeah, to protect exactly. their mom. Um, and my only parting thought is that, you know, uh, even, even though I don't think that the verdict was the right verdict, I'm glad that, you know, ultimately they weren't punished because if you, anyone's seen the show like Dexter and stuff like that, it's in a way you feel like it's totally justified. Um, we're, we're not responsible for bringing that justice, but at the same time, you know, I, I wouldn't personally want to be, see someone do like life in prison for, for something like that. Yeah. It's karma. Yeah, the book the book that I was reading yeah, is sympathetic versus empathetic. I from guess. the the grand uh, granddaughter is actually really interesting because she talks about this abuse went down through the cycles, and she was talking about she was also locked in the in in the basement. The granddaughter, and the grand, the one that wrote this book, they're still living. She's you know in her fifties, and yeah, and she wrote this book, and I mean, like obviously, her, her obviously, by Benjamin. by her own parents, yeah, by yeah. by the brother that went to the army, not the killers. She was a daughter. Really, she was the daughter of the one that went to the army. The so other he brother. Was, so, so she, but he she, was also abusing her. So yeah. when you think about it, she wasn't really personally involved in this case, but she was just telling an account about well, her family. She knew there was a skeleton in her closet, like I was saying earlier, because they would her dad would lock her in the basement when her two uncles, the two killers, right, John and uh, Nicholas, would come over. She would get locked in the basement. Well, like, okay, because this they is would something talk that about. we need to talk about. <laughs> I know we're trying to end the episode. No, you're fine. But like, this is like, I, I just, I, I'm sorry. She, yeah, that's where she was talking about intergenerational yeah. abuse. Inter- intergenerational yeah. abuse. I, I like. All right. Here's my advice from a 26 year old single female who has no prospect of having children. Please. Do not lock your kids in basements. Do not abuse your children. Children are our future.